Hello, everyone. Welcome out to the Dual Threat Podcast. It is Hagen here with your boy, Scooter. Scooter, we are going to be recapping week six of the NFL a little bit here and doing our par four. We're going back to the par four for week seven. How are you feeling? What are you, what are some of your thoughts about this week in the NFL? Are you ready to rumble? Rumble, are you ready to crumble? <laughs> you got me with that one. Uh, I am. I'm still I'm still on the mend of a I I think it's just a common cold. I don't know what it is. Sickness I'm sick is, too. Sicknesses hit different when your baby is the one that gives them to you. I just we just can't get rid of it. It's just not going away. Oh, that sucks. I yeah, I can say my uh, niece your today. Kids not have it? Um no, my kids don't have it, but I'm sick and my knees have it. I feel like I'm going through growing pains in my knees again. They hurt so bad. So you got the that the achy, the sicky achy feeling then. No, it's not good. It's not. So does, wait, 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 wait. That's usually what happens right before I get sick. So every joint in my body aches, and then the next day my throat is just sandpaper. So are you like, is that what you're going through right now, or what? I'm pretty sure think- tomorrow I'm gonna be sandpaper throat i'm not going to be able to talk so i'm glad we're getting this in tonight yeah yeah i have to give a presentation at work for the whole company tomorrow so we'll see how that goes with with all sandpaper throat um um what's the crumble lineup looking like today or this week fire fire week well let's give a quick shout out to let's get ready to crumble it's it's uh it's not it's not a bad week it's not a um a week i'm gonna go out of my way to get it there is if if you're a pistachio fan we have a new chocolate pistachio pie cookie how about cookie dough is that a banger uh if you like cookie dough then yeah it's like the best cookie you can get so very good (laughs) if you like cookie dough okay yeah if you like cookie if you're a raw cookie dough eater go get it all right. Okay. Well, you yeah. heard it here first, folks. I don't, I don't remember what it, what the other ones are though. Right now, I only oh, remember molten lava. Molten lava goes hard. Molten lava is a great cookie. Okay. I like the fruity ones. I'm a little bit fruity when yeah. it comes to the cookies, like those yeah. lemon pie ones or the key lime pie. Oh, the yeah. key lime pie ones so good. Yeah, pina colada is still still a, a top tier cookie to me. I need to get that one so, next time it comes out. Yeah, I don't think it did well enough. oh (laughs) good good i'm glad it's top tier for you then i didn't buy enough of them apparently well that's enough crumble talk we don't need to talk about vivin either so let's let's actually move on to week six headlines slash recap of the nfl let's talk about our favorite team hey our our team that we talk more about than any other team right the Bears or the Jets? No. The Jets. Yes, yeah, you knew it. It's a Jets podcast, man. Come on. I, I do want to say. Yeah, we, we do the Broncos and Jets better than any podcast in the world. We do. And I so badly wanted to take the Jets in one of my par four shots. And I completely went against it because I knew I couldn't oh, do it. So Yeah, you knew we were already going to talk about them enough in the, yeah. in the headlines. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So... Let's kind of wrap it up. I, I don't know if you want to start us off, Scooter. You have some big news, not great yeah. news going no. on around your team. No, vibes are, vibes are bad, but they could be worse. Um, the unbeatens are officially no more. Both the 49ers and the Eagles lost this week at the hands of 
uh, an XFL MVP and a number two overall pick um, were the quarterbacks for the Browns and the Jets. So you can't really be mad there, right? Just stellar QB plays. The reason they lost. I it, should we? Which one? Do we, which one do we talk about first? We, I want to talk more about Zach, but okay. Let's well, let's start with with Zach Wilson and the Jets beating the Philadelphia Eagles. The, the the for me this game was not so much about Zach Wilson as much as it was about Jalen Hurts and them really the Eagles if Jalen Hurts just plays like even like Zach Wilson the Eagles win that game but Jalen Hurts turned into um 2021 Zach Wilson versus the Patriots <laughs> that's what it came down to well here's the thing we, we talked a couple weeks ago about the Jets needing to be like an all-time defense. And it and they've really stepped it up, I feel like. In the last couple of weeks, they've been really hot. They've been able to let Zach Wilson either open up the field or play conservative, whatever's best for that game. And I think that hurt the Eagles. Like the Eagles are a great all-around team, but when they couldn't get the ball moving, it, it was tough on them. We didn't even have um, the the Jets didn't even have their top two corners. Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed weren't playing either, and so it was basically just the Williams brothers, Quinnen Williams and Quincy Williams, I think, that were causing chaos. Quinnen Williams' interception was objectively hilarious. Anytime, anytime someone over three hundred pounds gets an interception, the game instantly becomes like five times more fun to me. Like I it just that that. The, my NFL Sunday is made if I witness someone that size get an interception. Um, but honestly, like Hertz was just throwing the ball way more than they probably needed to. It was crazy, like their play calling even um, on the last. So the last drive, right? They all they needed to do essentially was run out the clock and probably punt it. And there would have been 40 seconds on the clock for Zach Wilson to have to go the length of the field. And and get at least a, a field goal, right? They would have yeah. needed to get a field goal. Um, and he like he threw it in a double coverage, and it was more to the the Jets player than it was to Dallas Goddard or whoever it was that he was throwing to. It was a, it looked a, like he was throwing it to the Jets player. I can't remember yes, who it was that caught yes, the interception. But. Yes, the the behind the the line camera that they show, it's abs- it's absurd how he even threw the ball in the first place because there really wasn't that much pressure, which I know he'd been seeing pressure all night, but he'd been avoiding it. It was really worse than that Dak interception to me versus the Cardinals. Like, I think it's, I think it's INT of the year, just given the situation. At end of year recap, we'll have to look and see if that yeah. gets on the we'll, INT of the year award. We'll look through the nominees. I, I agree, <laughs> but Anyway, yeah, just a, a befuddling decision by the Eagles not to just run it because I think they're now like, oh, I should have had the official stats. I think their their record is just really poor when Jalen Hurts throws over forty times a game or whatever it is. So yeah. I need to I need to check that. But back check that one. I I think for me it's. The Eagles have been in close games pretty much all year long. They haven't really blown anyone out. And I think in the long run, this could be good for them because they are getting battle tested. They are seeing where some of their weaknesses are and what they can do better. But it's only good for them if they improve over time, right? Like if they see what their weaknesses are and improve on them before the playoffs, because they're going to get into the playoffs unless something drastic happens. But 
I, I think it's good for both the 49ers and the Eagles to have a close game where you can be battle tested and, and things are getting tested on your side. Okay, I fact-checked it. Shout out to StatMuse. They're 0-3 when he throws more than 40 times. Ooh. And it was it was um, versus the Jets this last year, the Chiefs in 2021, and the Cardinals in 2020. Oh. So <laughs> very, very, very small sample size. But basically, it's like the Eagles, they have the best run offense in the NFL when they want to. Like, they should just probably stick with that. But yeah, they're not, they're not, should we talk, do do we talk about their gauntlet of their schedule? This might be the craziest eight-week schedule I've ever seen, Hagen. Let, let's talk about it. I think it's good for them. I really think they're battle-tested, and it will prove things for them. But let's talk about it. Read them off. Dolphins, Commanders, Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Cowboys, at Cowboys, at Seahawks. That's pretty big. There's, When's there's their bye? Week? A... This week? Week seven? No, 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 no. Uh, week is it the same as the 49ers week nine yeah I think it's week nine okay. I think it's week nine because it's in three games okay yeah week nine maybe week 10 one of those two but either yeah. way that's a gauntlet with just yeah, very I... little time in between each game yeah so I, I don't know and and though like Eagles they might go like four and four and if I were an Eagles fan I would still probably feel good about that for that stretch because that's an absurd and all you need to do is be ready for the playoffs when it comes time and then they get giants cardinals giants to finish the season so (laughs) perfect warm-up for the playoffs yeah exactly so good anyway well um, what about your niners scooter do you want to talk about them do you want to avoid it i'm okay with whatever i'm now i'm now part of the the fan club where my team sucks uh football is totally different when your team sucks it takes a real weirdo to love football when your team sucks you know so if you don't want to talk about your 49ers losing to the browns i'm okay with that i absolutely do it's healthy for me to do that so let's talk about it i mean i think you watch some of the game um do you have questions for me guy guy i need your guidance and direction before this becomes a 20 minute um therapy session um yeah, uh, first question here, Scott Gill, uh, report Hagen Bonner, Dual Threat Podcast. Um, <laughs> is CMC healthy and is he the most dynamic player we've ever seen in our personal lifetime? Uh, healthy, I would say he's probably like 80%. I would say they shouldn't play him this Monday night. They should wait to play him versus the Bengals next week uh, or the following week. So I think they've said it's a pain tolerance thing for him, um, which at that point I'm like, just give the guy some rest. There's, there's someone pulled a stat that th- there's been $80,000 worth of fines in the last two weeks on penalties against Christian McCaffrey, trying to tackle Christian McCaffrey. People are like literally headhunting him. He gets face masked every game. It's pretty it's pretty messed up what's going on with him. Is he the most dynamic player? It's hard for me to quantify that. We've just never really seen anybody like him outside of I don't know who. 
so, the yes. the people coming to me yes, my yes. mind in our mm-hmm. lifetime is like Calvin Johnson and Randy Moss, just like freak wide receivers. And yes. Tyreek Hill, I guess. Yeah, so I mean Tyreek is is just a game breaker more than he feels like dynamic. I don't know what because dynamic to me means versatile, which like he is as versatile as he gets. What's funny about McCaffrey though is it's not his athleticism to me that ever is like wows me. It like because like his top speed, like it seems like he he's never gonna outrun guys, but like his vision in the backfield and in the open field is absurd. And just like his intangibles, they've talked about how big of a freak he is when it comes to like preparation and how he'll like t- say it's a terrible practice if he even um, drops like a single ball at any point. Like he just he just is a mental freak about how he approaches the game. So I think that's what makes him more special than it even is like his pure athleticism. Okay, great. Which is what's cool. Yeah, I so, love that. No, no, great. Uh, Follow up question. Um, we've been hot on Brock Purdy for the last couple of weeks, having the media really get behind Brock Purdy. Is Brock yeah. Purdy bad? <laughs> yeah, he's bad. Uh, <laughs> he's he's definitely bad. Um, in in week six of the twenty twenty three NFL season, yes, Brock Purdy is bad. Uh, but what's funny is at the end of the day, Brock Purdy led a touchdown or not a touchdown drive, a, a game winning drive to the for a 40 yard field goal attempt, there's not much more Brock Purdy could have done. He was awesome in that regard at the end of the game. I want to see my quarterback when he struggled all game long to be able to put a drive together, especially when you have a defense like the 49ers do, they just need to at least be able to count on him. Even when he's had a bad game, which he had not had a bad game to that point. So that's the crazy thing is I think I still feel like I've said, it's going to take like, 10 straight games of just of those Browns types of games to really make me like, uh Oh, what's the deal with Brock all of a sudden. Okay. Um, and the Browns defense is apparently like historical at this point. They're incredible. Like, they've, they've given up. Yeah. They're incredible. What one final question here, Scott, um, was this a good loss for Shanahan since they didn't just blow a team out. He had to learn to manage the clock. Uh, you know, manage his timeouts and really call good plays down the stretch. Do you think this was a good game for Kyle Shanahan going forward as a coach? Um, I don't know because he's now one and nine versus Jim Schwartz coach defenses. So when the Browns are in the Super Bowl this year versus the 49ers, I'm going to be very worried. Um, <laughs> that's that's really the, the top of mind. If it's doesn't matter if it's PJ Walker at quarterback or Deshaun Watson or even um, Jay keeps it's I'm worried if Jim Schwartz is on the other sideline for Kyle Shanahan, he's got his number. There's just, there's just things like situations in the NFL where like people have the formula to beat another team for whatever reason. You know, Jim Schwartz was an advisor on the Patriots defense when they had that historic comeback against the Falcons. I did not. No, I'm just kidding. He wasn't. I I would have believed it. I would have believed it. (laughs) So, I mean, okay. pardon my pardon my take. Pitched the idea that what if the 49ers make the Super Bowl, whatever AFC team should just hire Jim Schwartz for like two weeks. Oh, that'd be just kind of like what happened with a, uh, um, not Jack Del Rio, Miami Dolphins defensive coordinator, Brian Flores. No, no, 
uh former Broncos head coach. Uh Big Fangio. Yes, Fangio. Fangio. Yep. The Chiefs did that yep. with Fangio against the the Eagles, I think. Or the Eagles did I, if we're going to if they're going to do that, I would like to formally rent uh, Patrick Mahomes as the 49ers quarterback for the Super Bowl as well. I was just, let's just do that. We're just going to lease Patrick Mahomes for a couple of weeks. We'll allow you to bring on um, Mike McDaniel as an, an offensive advisor. I, I will be that. allowed. Give me, give me my guy back. I miss him. Yep. That's allowed. Okay. We, we, we touched on hopefully semi-happy things yeah. about the Niners. What yeah. other headlines slash recaps do we have, Scooter? I know Anthony Richardson has had some stuff going on. Um, I know Deontay Johnson could be coming back from IR this week. What other headlines do you have? That's big news. Steelers offense is is going to need – That's they could be going for it all this week. Deontay, that's big news. They need as much um, help as they can get. Yeah, they do. Anthony Richardson, that's just a bummer because, like, if you're a Colts fan, you finally have this glimmer of hope after, like, I don't know. Since Andrew Luck, they just haven't had a quarterback they've even probably been excited about. So that's a bummer that it's like now all of a sudden we had three weeks of this guy for, like, one half each. Um, And also I worry about him. Like, it's like, is it ever going to work with him? Or is it just going to be like this over and over again? Um, because he's not a guy. He's not a guy that's gonna like protect himself either, and he's not skilled enough as a passer to just eliminate that part of his game. I don't know. Cam Newton made it work well enough for a couple of years. I don't know if if they're on that same level. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, that's that's difficult. I mean, Cam Newton was a Heisman winner, um, national champion. Undoubted number one pick. Anthony Anthony Richardson did beat Utah though in Florida. That was a pretty <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty low cut there. Pretty low yeah. dig. Yeah. Anyway. On the week um, we play Caleb Williams, that was a low dig. Yeah, you're right. Um let's let I think we can honestly, there's really no other headlines that I can think of off the top of my head other than there was a lot of injuries at the quarterback position. I mean, there won't there's not we're not gonna get great quarterback play this week, I don't think. Like Trevor Lawrence is probably out. No, he's trending towards playing, last I heard. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to hear. Thursday night, it sounds like he's tr- tonight, it sounds like he's trending towards playing, but you you know who else is coming back too? Your boy. Deshaun Watson? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Mr. Call of Duty himself. Skyler Murray is coming back? He was at practice today. What? Yeah. I don't know what they're doing with him at practice, but there's no way they're planning on playing him anytime soon. I think they might be trying to get him on the trade block, maybe get Minnesota to bite on that. Uh, Uh, Maybe they've just given up. They've seen the Bears game so far. There's like... There's no way we can be worse than them, no matter <laughs> how hard we try. So let's just play Kyler at this point. Let's have Josh Dobbs start, and we'll still we'll still win more than the Bears. Also, did you hear while we since you brought him up, and since we're talking Cardinals, Caleb Williams' uh, demand for oh, the NFL team? Yeah, isn't it something like he wants a twenty five percent share of the NFL yes. team he signs with, or whatever? Yeah, I wouldn't sign him at that point. <laughs> 
Are you kidding me? That's a good way to get yourself undrafted, you idiot. Like, so that's like, I'm trying to think of mathematically how much more of a contract that would be. Like I mean, 200. I mean, if a, if the franchise is worth at least a billion, it's at least 250 million more. But most yes. franchises, like the Broncos just sold for 6.7 million. That would yeah. be like $1.5 million, $1.65 million. $1.65 billion. Or billion. Yeah, not million. Whew, yeah. That would be low. Yeah. So this guy wants one point. The insanity of asking that, like, all right, well, if you're going to draft me, I'm worth $1.6 billion. The Packers might do it. There's not a combination. Like, how many players would you have to be able to get for a pick? That would be worth $1.6 billion. There's, that's what is he thinking? I don't know. That was a dumb comment. That was that was I I had to bring it up because that's the most absurd request I've ever heard in my life. Like I, I the more the more he should he should have come out of college because the longer he stayed, his his stock in my mind has just tanked. Like I'm over Caleb Williams. He he had the the painted nails that said F Utah, which yeah. I'm okay if he paints his nails, but why write that like. I, I don't know. That felt felt kind of weird. And then yeah. now he's lost this year. Like it, the team hasn't looked good. I don't know. Well, he just play like I when I watch him play, he literally just holds on to the ball until like something crazy can happen. And that's when he, like he just doesn't play like a real offense plays. So it's I he he's and everyone is convinced he is the most surefire pick since Patrick Mahomes, which Patrick Mahomes wasn't even a surefire prospect coming out of college. So it's just, it's whatever. It's, it's hilarious. The, 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 the media is going to do such a flip-flop on him when he gets to the NFL. We've, we've talked about this. I can't remember if we've talked about it on air, but I think he's, we think he's a little more Kyler Murray than he is 100% Patrick Mahomes. No, No part of his game reminds me of Patrick Mahomes other than they've got similar hair and he throws off platform every once in a while. Yeah. Way so, more Kyler Murray. But yeah, but all like also he didn't play baseball and he is probably a little taller and he probably doesn't like video games as much. So I don't know. <laughs> but but we yeah, don't know I, that though. I see his football career going similar to Kyler Murray's to where it's like this guy just thinks he can play backyard football, do whatever the heck he wants, um, which I guess is what Mahomes does. But Mahomes still, there's like technique and there's rhythm and there's like the brains behind Mahomes' games. Whereas, like, you don't see that with Kyler Murray. When you Mahomes' vision and his like pre-snap read of the game, yeah, it's like it's like Tom Brady type, you know. Yeah. Just insane. Yeah. As I'm as I'm talking about this, you know, Patrick Mahomes had a guy like Andy Reid, an awesome coach, really worked well with him. You know who Caleb Williams could really benefit from? Jonathan Gannon. Oh, Matt Eberflus. Bill Belichick. Think of him. <laughs> Think of that great <laughs> offensive mind, really taking <laughs> taking Caleb Williams to his highest potential. That's true. That's so true. You're right. The Patriot way, he would have to flip his life around. He just comes in and says, I don't 
I don't want a rookie contract. Just give me the lighthouse. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he lives in the lighthouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's those, these are my demands. I would take that. That won't be bad. That's like Bo Jackson. The hilarious story of Bo Jackson when the Tampa Bay like was going to draft him, and they there was some discuss like disputes in the contracts or whatever. And he told Tampa Bay, he's like, you go waste a draft pick if you take me. Because <laughs> then he just never played for Tampa Bay. So uh, it's even more absurd than what Bo Jackson said. I can't, I can't believe it. Huh. Anyway. Well, there is one last headline you have here. Um, it's about there points is. per game. Oh, you're right. I, I totally keep skipping over that. Um. This was your week, Hey, This was NFL week six was your kind of week in terms of the defensive struggle. Um, I offensive was, struggle, defensive powerhouses. Yes, that's what you're right. It, it, but they were all the games were defensive struggles where they just couldn't, for whatever reason, no teams could score. And so <laughs> the stats, the stats were seven out of 32 teams managed to score more than 20 points in their game. And I should have done more research. I should have looked up how many teams per week most of the time score more than 20 per 20 points um, in a game. But it has to be, like, given the, given what the over-unders and spreads are, like, it has to be closer to, like, 15 teams during the week. Or, or like, pretty much it should be at least 15 every week because almost every team that wins – gets at least 20 points. And there's a lot of games where like teams will, this is just, this is just bad podcasting for me, but it's absurd. Hagan, seven teams. That is, that is not nobody. Can I read off the teams that did it? Yeah. The Ravens. Not surprising, yeah. I guess. Commanders. Yeah. Panthers and Dolphins. Yeah. And the Panthers, that game, Panthers get up 14-0. And then Dolphins score 42 unanswered or whatever. And then they get a pick six from Mike White. Outrageous. Yeah. The Colts got 20. Jaguars 37 in that game. Yeah. Texans 20. Raiders 21. They got to get more than 20. Oh, oh. Because there's a couple of teams with 20. Yeah, there's a bunch of teams with 20. So Raiders got 21. Rams 26. And that's it. Because the Cowboys, Lions, and Jets. And Texans. And Colts, five teams scored twenty points. Yeah, like how many? How many weeks are we gonna get where the Bills, Lions, Eagles, 49ers all don't score more than twenty points? Chiefs, you're forgetting the Chiefs. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I I guess <laughs> Chiefs against the Broncos. Yeah, that was that was. We should just know when we saw that stinker on Thursday night that this week was gonna be was gonna make no sense. Teams points were gonna be at a premium. So anyway, crazy, not, crazy. not, not a week of not, not a good week by my standards. Well, by my standards, I was happy. I lost. Well, no, I'm not. I lost in all of my fantasy leagues. Oh, so, I'm now not undefeated. It sucks. And welcome to the bottom. Mm, still at the top, but still at the top. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks for I the set, invite. I set you up there. Well, I don't think I have a good shot this week, but whatever. No one needs to hear about my fantasy team. 
Uh, Scott, I do want to talk about one thing before we go on to our par fours. Yes. The Chicago Bears. Oh, I got to talk about them. Are probably going to be without Justin Fields, right? Oh, yes. Do you know who the backup quarterback is? Well, because we said his name beforehand, and yet I still don't remember. Tyler Bajent? Tyson. Tyson Bajent. Tyson. Tyson Bajent. Yes. Tyson Bajent's probably going to be the starting quarterback. He's out of Shepard. Um, he's like the all-time leading passing yards player in collegiate history or something like that for passing touchdowns. He's got some sort of record. The thing most people don't know, I, I really like to dive into the parents. So at the Combine, I was watching the Combine, Tyson Bajan's dad was there. This man is jacked. And they kept talking about him at the Combine. Here, here is a fun fact for you. Tyson Bajant, his dad is Travis, also known as the Beast. That's his nickname, the Beast. He's huge. He was a professional arm wrestler. I'm looking up his dad right now. Also known as the Beast. Let me see if I can share my screen so you can see him. I see him right here. You got him? I don't know, but his arms are huge. Okay, yeah, in that picture, that's... Oh, well, he's beating up on an even bigger guy in that picture. His arms are ginormous. Professional arm wrestler. That's pretty sweet, I think. (laughs) I can't believe we live in a world where, like, professional arm wrestlers are old enough to have kids in the NFL. Like, how long has that been a thing? I don't know. (laughs) I thought that was, like, the last few years. It's had to be longer. He's he's retired, you're saying? He's he's 39, so he must have had Tyson when he was pretty young, like 18. Yeah. Um. He is 6'3", 265 pounds. Okay. Yeah. He's not. He's not little. He's also snagged approximately thirty-five national titles in arm wrestling. This guy might be the goat of American arm wrestling. <laughs> I'm having to, without having any context, I'm gonna have to say, yeah, he's absolutely the greatest arm wrestler that I know of. Wow. So I've got a little stack. Another thing here for you. His favorite arm wrestling technique, high side pressure, if that means anything to you. Oh, yeah. You got to hit that high side pressure. Get that get that outside leverage and then bring the hammer. That's that's how you got to do it every. So we're going to get Tyson Bajant versus Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo prayers up to my boy Jimmy G. By the way, too, I think you, you your Patriots sent him to the hospital as they should. Oh, former Patriot. How about the Patriots? Former struggling and losing to to two former Patriot QBs. Three. You know what? That's crazy because Tom Brady's the owner part of the Patriots. They got <laughs> yeah. three three former Patriots QBs on the. The Las Vegas Raiders. Well, and a bunch of other people from the, and the Patriots. Jaco- and Jacoby Myers and Josh McDaniels. Are the Raiders just the AFC version of the... It's like the Dolphins are the AFC version of the Niners. The Raiders are just the AFC version, AFC West version. Of the 
<laughs> That's what everyone right. says is they're the AFC West Patriots. Um, this is as of Wednesday. Jimmy Garoppolo did not practice today. So no practice because of his back. Could be Brian Hoyer out there. This this game, Hagen, I, I'm trying to think of what I'd need to get to to have to watch this game. What what would it take for me to have to watch this game? Um, it could be the only game on television. I still wouldn't. I'm probably okay. gonna watch it. <laughs> okay, I I I'm trying to think of the number of dollars. I'm a it's sicko a fan time. now. I I know I'm a sicko fan now because yeah. the Patriots yeah. suck. It's I have to watch it. I have to watch two crappy teams like this play just to make myself <laughs> feel okay. It's, yeah, it's true. That's a good point. I would do the same. During the that CJ beat hard in Nick Mullins years, yeah, you're right. That's a good call by you. Yeah, I'm gonna feel real good about it. Well, Scooter, let's go to a our quick break just for us. When we come back on the other side, we're gonna talk about the par four and how we did in week six for us, and then go over our par fours. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, that was a fake cough. Just so everyone knows. That We're... sounded real. You had me. Really? It sounded like me, at least. Oh, I thought it sounded very fake. But thanks. I appreciate it. I'm a good actor, apparently. <laughs> the people are the people are going to be worried. I'm glad you put the disclaimer out. I, You know, this wouldn't be my first acting job. So glad I put that disclaimer out. That's true. Uh, all right. Let's, Scooter, let's move on to our par four. So for week six... I want to hear your verdict on yours because I have a I have a verdict on how you did. I went three of five on a par five. I'm giving myself bogey on that. What was the one you missed? You or the two the two you missed? Well, I had the Bears plus two and a half against the Vikings. That okay. ended up being like seven or something like that. Yeah. And top performing QB Gardner Minshew. <laughs> who sucked <laughs> this week yeah there's no other way to say it other than like he was the top performing qb of the worst qbs yes uh, yeah that's the best way yeah. to put it yeah um yeah not a bad week though honestly but we've been it's better than what we've been doing i had a good week honestly joe burrow was my top qb he was the only one i got wrong um, he really didn't do much at all versus Seahawks this past week. That game was kind of a, a slug fest. Um, but Drake London carried me um in fantasy in a lot of lineups. So hope you had him on your uh your fantasy lineups this week. He was. He was on there. I still lost, but that's okay. okay. Well he didn't well, get a ton of points. It was like twelve or fifteen or something like 21. that. Oh, 21? Oh, that's way yeah. better than and I in thought. Draft, and in DraftKings he had twenty-four. Oh, that's better than I thought. So he won. He won me some money in DraftKings, um, and I can't remember what else I did. But anyway, it it was one of my better weeks. So I'll take it. Yeah, good, good. Um, that's really good for you. You you went four or five. We're saying, do you call that a par? Do you think you parred? Yeah, it felt like a par week. I think. I think it was a par week. I would say it was a par week. So good for you. Let's move on to our first shot here, Scooter. As, what, what do I want to say here? As uh, time has always done it. That's the phrase for sure. 
as time has always done it, our first shot <laughs> is the dual threat America's game of the week. Scooter, as I will... time has always done it. That's going to be the new motto of the show. Uh, I thought that was already the motto. I thought let's all repeat the motto. <laughs> as time has always done it. As time has always done it. <laughs> um so as time has always done it the dual threat america dual threat america's game of the week is our first shot i i'll go first because i think this is just a cheat code yeah sunday night has kind of became like every sunday night game feels like it will be an okay game yeah even if it's against two crappy teams it will somehow be like an okay game dolphins eagles this week it's like this is this could be incredible you know tyree kills performing at a very high level right now two is performing at a great level the defense of the dolphins isn't great i mean they gave up 21 to the panthers um but who knows like (laughs) i think they're good this could be awesome i mean aren't they getting jalen ramsey back this week or is that is that not for sure Ooh, ebd let me go let me go check that out i'm not 100 sure i'll get you the injury report here soon Here's here's why I like this game, Hag. The the two teams are I mean, you make the argument it's it's the best there's people who make the argument it's the best team in the NFC versus the best team in the AFC right now. And both offenses are at the peaks of their powers that the well kind of the Eagles are not. We spent 25 minutes talking about how the Eagles were not. They didn't look good. But their their offense has been way better than their defense has been this year, I would say. Like they've 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 scored a lot of game, scored a lot. So I I think we're gonna get a lot of points is what I'm trying to say. As well as there's something about the NBC broadcast that is so much more just from a viewership perspective, so much more enjoyable to watch. I don't know if it's Tarico and Collinsworth. I've come around on Mike Tirico. I used to not really like Mike Tirico. He's gotten a lot better to me. And then Chris Collinsworth, just something about how much he loves football. I'm always into dude, the the Dolphins and the the Eagles could be playing Thursday night football. And I might not even watch it because of Al Michaels makes me want to fall asleep. (laughs) Al Michaels is absolutely phoning in. He might be the worst announcer in the NFL right now. He's terrible. He's getting paid big bucks. He's getting paid like ten million dollars a year to, to announce sixteen games. It's pretty awesome. It's, it's absurd, dude. He is phoning in, and Herb Street's fine, but you know he loves college way more than yeah, than, which is fine. And like I understand it from his perspective. So like their broadcast stinks. I'm out on Amazon Thursday night football, but any Sunday night football game, I am truly waiting all day for Sunday night. There's, there's no better like broadcast to me. And so I'm, I'm right there with you. This game is, I'm so stoked. Harry Underwood comes out. I'm see everyone kind of talks to me about Tariko and Collinsworth and they usually like Collinsworth more. I've always liked Tariko more than I've liked Collinsworth. So, okay, yeah, Chris Collinsworth is very polarizing. I, people either love him for his shtick, like they love the here's a guy that I just all I'm, the time he does the same yeah, things yeah. all the time. He's just good. He's just good. Um, <laughs> anyway, he he's endearing to me. It seems like home when he's talking. Tariko, I've definitely come around on, especially like I I feel like he's kind of like annoying in the Olympics and stuff like that. I don't know, but he's he's gotten a lot better to me. 
Um, and it's made me realize, like, I think because I used to like Al Michaels on Saturday Night Football. Now I just, he just sounds so bored. Yeah. So anyway. Amazon's so, not giving him enough money. He needs to make yeah, more. Apparently not. As far as the game goes, though, I just truly cannot wait to see um, how Tua and Tyreek and their offense works against a, what will be a lot of pressure. Like we'll, we'll see finally, like how Tua will handle, he's, he, I don't think he's faced a great pass rush this year yet, has he? The best one was probably the, the Bills. The Bills, yeah. you're right. So, the, and the we saw what happened in that game. Um, they were clearly flustered. So it'll be interesting to see the speed of the Dolphins. I wish A Chain was healthy and could play in this game as well. Eagles also signed Julio Jones this week out of freaking left field. That was crazy. Still so, makes no sense. No. Um. But yeah, I what analysis should we give on this game? Because this is probably this this is hopefully what the 49ers Cowboys game should have been. Um, I, I'm looking at the injury report. Taron Armstead will be out. Obviously, he was put on the injured reserve last Friday. Okay. And Jalen Ramsey, he's returned to practice on Wednesday, opening the 21-day window where he can come back off the IR. So okay. he could be playing. there. He, he could. He could play. Okay. potentially there's it's a 21 day window where he can return before he has to go on like ir for the rest of the year um so my analysis on this is the front four the front seven really of the eagles are incredible yeah. like uh i i know mostert's had a couple of big games because a lot of teams really have to um push their their corners and safeties back to account for Tyree Kill. I think even if they're they're bringing three or four guys, I think with the defensive line that the the Eagles have, they will be able to slow down the run game and force Tua to get mm-hmm. the ball out quick. And and for me, I personally see this as an Eagles win just because I think their defense will fluster the offense of the Eagle or the Dolphins. Yeah. And I think it could be a comeback game. You know, they're not coming out soft like, oh, it's just the Jets. This is this is the yeah. Dolphins. Like, this is a proven oh, yeah. game. So Yeah, they'll, they'll get up for the Dolphins. You're right. I didn't realize the Eagles are second in terms of defense against the run, which is a, a really good way to start stop a Mike McDaniel offense, essentially just force Tua to beat you, which Tua, to this point, he's he's – it's either him, Tyreek, or – McCaffrey or Purdy for MVP in my mind to this point in the season. So we're going to see it with Tua. It could, it could be another stinker performance like the bills, or he could, he could absolutely show up. The thing was, that's what's great about the dolphins is they're just so boomer bust with how they perform. So we'll pretty much know from the get go, how the game's going to go. Great. Great analysis. There we go. That's what the people come here for. They come here for the best analysis and, in all of sports analyses analyses yes yes um i i had we need to talk about more than one game so i went with this game because i also like it but i will much more be be more excited for the previous game but lions and ravens the lions coming off a good like I'd, i'd consider that like as much as i've slandered the buccaneers and their creamsicles, which they were just 
terrible in, by the way, which I I called on last week's podcast. I'm like, there's no way they're going to be good in those cream schools. They weren't. They stunk. They stunk out loud from the jerseys themselves. The jerseys, people love those jerseys too. They're fine. They're not that cool. Six points in those jerseys, by the way. The Lions, offensively, they were fine. Dave Montgomery went down, and he's honestly been kind of the engine to what they've been doing. So we'll see how they go forward without him. I I think in this game, it will be interesting to watch Lamar and how he approaches um, this big of a challenge. I feel like, like the Lions are... They're starting. They're beca- they're going from like darling to are they the NFC favorite all of a sudden because now they're tied for first in the NFC. So it'll be interesting to see how I feel like Lamar balls out in games that are um like prime time, like not prime time, but like bigger competitors. That's probably just an out. That's no data supporting that take whatsoever. But <laughs> I want to see him and how he proves himself there's a five and one team right now. okay yeah i i can agree with that i can get down with that i I think lamar will prove himself just because he is lamar and uh it, it seems like the lions defense has gotten better but yeah. it's still not like incredible in my mind it's just kind of more of a bend don't break when you have a guy like lamar who's like a game breaker can can completely change how games are played and how you run a defense I think this could be a good game for Lamar to really expose that Lions defense yeah and, and the Ravens defense has been pretty good so we'll see how Goff is if he's forced to throw I mean I Gibbs Jamar Gibbs has been out so if it's down to Craig Reynolds whoever their third running back is I think Gibbs is trending to play but they haven't trusted him whatsoever clearly so it'll be interesting to see how the Lions approach that game as well. I, I think this one, I think the Ravens should win, but the line is lower than I thought it'd be. It's only only three points for the Ravens. So anyway, that's the other interesting game to me this week. Good. Hey, we have two interesting games this week. That's a big week. <laughs> is there an honorable mention? We have to have an honorable mention, right? Yeah. Um. Let me pull it up yeah, for you. Let's I've got an yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Raiders Bears. Duh. Raiders Bears. Raiders Bears. I was gonna say Buffalo New England. You know that's gonna be a a tight game. <laughs> yeah. Two just two two just AFC's juggernauts battling it out. Green uh, Bay Denver could be really good. Oh my gosh. Okay. Chiefs Chargers is the only other one. Oh yeah. Chiefs Chargers is actually good. Uh. Um, you know, I bet the Atlanta versus Tampa Bay game is actually like a good game. Like it, not, not a good to watch, but it will be like a, a if you, it if comes you, down to the wire game. Sure. If you put two NFC South team, like I'm not going to watch exclusively a single NFC South, completely NFC South game this entire year. I've, I've committed, put me on, put it, put me on Instagram, put this quote, clip it, whatever. I, Scott will not watch any NFC South matchups all year long. Interdivision matchups. Yep. Nope. I'm staying away. That's my stay away. Okay. I like it. Stay away from it. Uh, Saints. What if it's Saints versus Buccaneers week week 18 
to get into the playoffs. I'm all right. Sunday night on NBC. What are they? They're both. They're both. Uh, six and in, six and eight. <laughs> they're both. Yeah, six and nine. They're both, yeah, they're both. I actually have to watch that because that'll be whether or not they get over on their uh, win total. The Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> So you need I'll to watch be... that one. Yeah, it's the only way I'll be tuning in. Okay, well, we'll hold you to it. We won't let you watch that one, actually. All right, Scooter, let's move on to our second shot. I think we had probably some of the safer first shots. Not driver off deck this week. No, we, we put it in the fairway, too. I feel good about it. I feel good, too. How about second shot? This is This is an ode to the Miami Dolphins. This is the Miami Dolphins highest scoring team of the week award. Let's yes. hear yours first. Um, after the absolute stinker on Sunday night football that the Bills just put um, into everyone's mind, no other better team to come across the schedule than to just a tune-up game. <laughs> this is why I you didn't put it on our schedule. And I was wondering the whole time, why is he not putting one on here? Now it all makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. I For some reason now, um, when I picture a game in Foxborough, the Bill, Bills versus Patriots, it's switched in my brain. It's no longer like Patriots, um, Tom Brady putting up like six touchdowns. It's that, it's that playoff game. Was that two years ago? Yeah. That like winter that in- game. Yeah, that was in Buffalo, though, so it, sh- it shouldn't necessarily count. But in my brain, it's still in the Northeast, so, you know, whatever, which they always play in the Northeast. So this is a terrible uh, imagery that I'm giving here. But it's just always just going to be like, for right now, as long as Josh Allen's at the peak of his powers, I'm just seeing the Bills just absolutely go nuclear. So, Oh, you're talking about that game, not the game where it was a completely winter game and it was like 7-10. to 10. Yes, that was a bad game. I'm talking about the playoff game. Yeah, or the Patriots, the Bills went nuts. That was like six weeks after that crazy winter game. Yes. Yeah. In that game, I, yeah, it was the winds were like seventy-five miles an hour. It was like playing in Antarctica. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um. So I, I, didn't I like don't need. I don't need any analysis here, Scooter. <laughs> you want me to give you the X and X's and O's? <laughs> Oh, okay. Do it for I, I'm turning my mic off. Do it for the listeners, not for me. I actually might say the Seahawks. I might pivot to the Seahawks. Don't do the it. Girls. Don't do it. Why? You want me to take the just like the Bills? Just twist the knife while you're in there already. <laughs> All right. Go Bills. Let's go Bills. Go Bills. Okay. Well, I I'm kind of I'm swinging for the fence here. Yeah. Yes, you are. I. This isn't. This is literally driver off deck. This is literally driver off deck because I do not feel comfortable about any pick this week for who's going to score the most points. Yeah, honestly. So I figured, why not go with just some random team? I chose the Los Angeles Rams. My only thoughts here are Cooper Cup's back, second week back, uh, and they're Third, playing in a right? dome. Third week back? Is it already his third week back? Oh my yeah. goodness, that's fast. Yeah, You're right though, third week back. So they're like one of the few teams playing in a dome this week. Like the Colts, Colts Browns are playing in a dome. New Orleans, Vikings. Jacksonville on Thursday are. But Vikings, Niners? 
Vikings Niners, but that's a Monday night game. They've been a letdown for me. So I've, I avoided the Thursday night and the Monday night games. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just said, okay, I'd rather take the Rams over the Browns scoring a lot of points. So that's, that's kind of my thought process here. I'm going with the Rams. You can go for the, uh, the problem is TJ Watt in that game, dude. TJ Watt is a, is a destroyer of that plan. You, well, you're not listening. Oh. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Deontay Johnson's back, too. Kenny Pickett throws three interceptions for touchdowns. So there's 21 points right there. Okay, you're right. And, I can't admit that. And per last week, that would beat six other teams last week. So that's <laughs> true. That's very true. You know what? I'll go on record with you and saying. If Kenny Pickett throws three pick sixes in this week, I am also taking the Rams to score the most points. <laughs> <laughs> with that, with that guarantee, with that stamp, I'm sign me up. Okay, well, Rams, Rams offense, honestly, without looking at the numbers again here, I'm just blowing smoke. I would say they've been like a, a top seven offense in the yeah. NFL this year. Should we look that up? Let's look it up. Let's fact check me. Um, let's see what ESPN says. Season leaders team. Uh-oh. Okay, we're looking at team statistics. Ooh, this is not good. Uh, were you wanting yards leader? What were you wanting? Yes. What did you say? Y- yards leader? Yeah. Are you already there? Can you see it? No, I don't want to see it though. Oh, they're... Hey, they're not bad. They're one, two, three, they're t- four, five, 12th. six, they're seven in points. Seventh in yards leaders. They're two yards ahead of the Chargers, four yeah. yards behind the Niners. That's not bad. There you go. And there that you- was cupless for three, four yes. weeks. That was a Puka and Kyron Williams led offense. Wow. That's pretty good. There you go. You should feel even better about your pick. Here's the thing, too, is Stafford's stats look so bad. But if you've watched Stafford, he's actually been really good this year when i have watched him so anyway they're they're still a sean McVay offense even though everyone's been sleeping on him i think kyron williams is going to be out for a while though so that yeah is worrisome for them no no worries they've got cooper cup they're good i saw someone saying daryl henderson is going to be the lead back this week and i was like wow they pulled that guy out of his own grave to bring him back I think Sony Michelle is. <laughs> I think you're bringing Todd Gurley back this week. Marshall um, Fall could get snaps that running back for the Rams this week. I I heard they're starting that rookie Zach Evans or whatever. I I picked him up in fantasy, so we'll see. Oh, good, good for you. Happy That's for really, you. That means he will not play. Good, I like that. Zero snaps. All right, let's move on to our third shot here, Scooter. Yeah. Zero snaps from Zach Evans. Um. Let's go the team you're taking this week against the spread. Your over-under matchup or your over-under matchup if you want to go over-under. Why don't we start with you on this one? I don't know why I'm doing this. Because they've been a stay-away team for me all year long. After last year, um, they should be even more of a stay-away team after their performance on Monday night. The Los Angeles Chargers, for whatever reason, it's only a five and a half point spread against the chiefs um, at Arrowhead. And this just like screams rat line to me. I saw that. I, I saw that matchup 
and in my head I was like, oh, that's probably like seven or eight points. And then I saw five and a half, and my brain was like, there's got to be something going on here. Like maybe Taylor Swift must be going to the game, and so they're going to keep it close, and Justin Herbert's going to ball out. Justin Herbert, he's been really good, but then, of course, he had one really bad game on um, in primetime, and so now everyone thinks he stinks again. Um, so I think Justin Herbert comes out slinging it, and I think they cover for whatever reason because this this it should be way more points than this, but because it's not, I'm like there's there's something weird going on. Hmm. So Chargers five and a half, bet Chargers the under plus five and a half. Yep. Okay, they will cover. They will cover at five and a half. I've been good. I need to track my um. I we should have kept what I've, I've been good against the spread this year. I think you have been. I've bet the Bears most of the time, so <laughs> I think I'm like fifty percent. Yeah, which fifty percent always betting the Bears too. That's. That's, that's the shocking thing. That's a hundred percent, honestly. <laughs> okay, I I do. Here's the thing, Scott. You're talking to the guy who gets sucked in the most by the Chargers. <laughs> I, know, I know. So you're convincing me, like, yeah, I probably should put some money down on this. <laughs> but that's not good because I get sucked in by him, and it's they do me dirty all the time. So I can't yeah. say I love this because I actually do love it but I just don't want to admit it. The the Chiefs the Chiefs always just they should get at least like 5 points favorite for being the Chiefs and at then, Arrowhead. Yeah, at Arrowhead. And then also the, with it being the Chargers and how weirdly the Chargers mess they probably are factoring in like the Chargers are going to find a way to charger this game and then lose on a field goal or something like that. <laughs> so that's why it's through five and a half. Brandon Staley's gonna forget that it's he goes for it on like fourth and fifteen from their own twenty yard line and loses them the game. Yeah, but not fourth and two. Yeah. He won't go. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Okay. Well, that that's the seaman doing yep. it for us. Yes. All right. Well, Scooter, I chose your game of the week. I chose Baltimore minus three. I, I touched on it earlier. I think Lamar has potential to have a really big game here. And for me, that is what is crucial, is Lamar. I don't think it will be much more than four points, though. So Baltimore minus three, I think it's like a four-point game, to be honest. It's going to be really, really close. But I'm going Baltimore minus three to cover. How how do you see this game going? I like that pick because I do think Baltimore will win. Is it is it like if it's a high scoring game, who wins? Baltimore. If it's a low scoring game, because I think in my mind, I'm like, if it's a Baltimore. low scoring game, I think Baltimore. <laughs> if it's a no scoring game, Baltimore wins. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, you're you're mind, not counting in the foot of Justin Tucker. That's what you're missing on your analysis. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, I also just think of Baltimore too. Like in low-scoring games, they win. Um, another, this is just a podcast full of takes I'm throwing out with no, <laughs> no context, no, no data whatsoever to support it either. Um, but I, I do kind of agree with you. This weirdly feels like one game where like it could be a total like sneaky shootout, 
and Lamar in any ma- like take Lamar versus Jared Goff in a vacuum. I know Goff's been playing well. Give me Lamar. I I don't know what it is. This is the only one that was like screaming out to me. Like, go yeah. after this one. Yep, I like Weird. it. Okay, well there we go. Let's go on to our fourth shot. Yeah. Hopefully this one this one will be kind of interesting because we've yep. never done college football. But here we have our first ever college football shot, and this is our favorite college football matchup from this week. Scooter, I will start. The Ohio State Buckeyes versus Penn State. This is a must win for both teams. Ohio State's quarterback play hasn't been great this year. Penn State has been pretty much incredible the whole year. Uh, I see this as a must win because both of these teams will face Michigan at some point. And in order to probably get into the college football playoffs, you'll probably have to beat all three of these teams can't beat each other, right? Like Penn Penn State or Ohio State would have to win this matchup and beat Michigan. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. Um, is it Penn State that always plays really well at Ohio State? Is that what the 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 like trend is? I'm trying to remember. Is it or is it I think Penn State just always plays Ohio State well. I think I I don't think it matters where. Okay. They just always play them well and they're always really competitive no matter how bad they are. Yeah. I, I also think so in the as I watched the Ohio State Notre Dame game. Um Good so game. I have a really bad sample size of <laughs> uh, uh Kyle McCord or whatever his name is. Um and I've watched a couple of Drew Aller's games highlights. So I'm I'm think are, are you worried? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I like the I like this game too. This is this is definitely the marquee matchup. If you're gonna watch one college football game, this is the one to go with. So I'll pick a different one. Um, my favorite team disclaimer as well to watch in college football this year has been the Washington Huskies. Uh, shout out Josh Slesk, Michigan companion. Go dogs! They they looked really good um, versus Oregon this last week, and it was a fantastic game. Um, but Washington doesn't play anyone worthwhile. I don't even think they play this week. I, so I can't take Washington. Here, here's uh, one stat I have for you, Scooter. This could sway you. Okay. Um, a girl I work with, her boyfriend works for, or her husband works for, the BYU Cougars football team. <laughs> Historically, the Cougars are like incredibly good when they play a night game. They have a game that starts at five, and they're yeah. four point underdogs to At Texas home. Tech. At home. At home. And, and a night home. game, basically. And they've been bad. Yeah. Three and four. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, that probably didn't sway your pick. No, <laughs> I'm not. I'm still not taking the Cougs at BYU. I, I, I will watch, but um, it's not my game of the week by any means. I'm going with, you, turn, you had to turn me into an SEC guy, but it's just because I know Joe Milton hasn't even been good for Tennessee, really. And Jalen Milrow for Alabama has been very up and down. But one thing these guys do both have are cannons. The only <laughs> time the only time Jalen Milrow ever completes a pass when I've been watching is if the pass is 50 yards downfield. This That's might the, be like I, the most big plays in an SEC game ever. Yeah, I I hope um I hope what's his face? Joe Milton actually like completes a pass. Like he, I don't think he's had a good year comparatively like what they've been hoping for or expecting. 
So I hope it's actually like an exciting game. Last year's Tennessee Alabama game was maybe my favorite game of the the college football season. So hopefully we get some sort of rematch of that with completely different quarterbacks, completely different teams. Um, I'm I'm putting out some hopes at least. I I like it because this could be like the most electric game, just because of Milton and Milrose arms. Yeah. They are they they throw it. They are horrible sh- at short yardage passes, <laughs> but you're you're sending a a go route sixty yards down the field. They they launch that thing. Yeah. What's funny is I looked up Milton too to see his long passing like a uh, longest passing completion of the year, only fifty five yards. <laughs> <laughs> And there's videos all your all your off season log of like Joe Milton can throw the ball ninety yards. <laughs> Joe Milton throws the ball eighty five yards without even trying. It's like, oh well, football is a little bit more than just how far you can throw the ball. And Jim Marcus Russell taught us that. Um, but we're still learning that lesson in twenty twenty three. So anyway, this game will probably be like three to six after all. Mm, but that's an okay game. Good game. Yeah, by your standards. <laughs> by my standards, it's good. Well, good. That that wraps up our shots this week, Scooter. Before we head out, do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody? You go you go first. Me I had a shout out and I can't think of it right now. Me start. Well, uh Bengals player Andre Yosivash. Wide receiver, came out of Princeton. Yeah. Um I he had a touchdown this last week. He did. Um, I don't think the listeners know this, but obviously I would know this just based off of his name. Andre Yosivash, his father is Romanian. So uh, he was born in Japan. His family moved to Hawaii when he was like five or four or something like that. To But his, his father's Romanian and his mother's Filipino. So I don't know if there's ever been that type of combo in the NFL, I, I'm really hoping for a Princeton guy to go out and do good, but more importantly, uh, a Romanian guy to go out and do good. So let's go, Andre. There you go. Is he the first Romanian NFL player? No. Like Romanian descent? No. Um, George Mirashan, I forgot about. No. Uh, <laughs> Sabrina Ionescu's boyfriend, uh, oh. he plays for the Raiders, I'm pretty sure. He did at one point. Um, he's a center. His name's Grasu. I can't remember his first name. Oh, yes, he played for the Niners. Grasu, yeah. Um, wait, he's Cronus or something like that. He has like a Greek first name, but he's Romanian. Yeah. He's full Romanian. Both of his parents are Romanian. Cronus yeah. Grasu. He is dating Sabrina Unescu. Yeah, I'm, they might be like fiance too. Like what? Yeah, engaged to be married. Okay, that's the sh- a shocker of a lifetime relationship right there to me. Well, no, because they both went to Oregon. Um, both both of their parents are both Romanian. So okay. they He's kind of have like similar backgrounds. Five. Okay, all right. All right, great. Shout out Yosivas. Yep. Yosivash. Vash. Yosivash. There you go. See. Um See. <laughs> <laughs> What's Romanian for yes? Give tell the listeners. Da, just like in da. Russian or da. 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 a lot of other languages. Da. Um, I had a I was sitting on a shout out all day long and it's escaped me at this point. So shout out the um Big 12 basketball Jayhawks and Cougars because I've been just 
consuming ever since the AP poll came out. Um, I've been consuming so much college basketball content and watching highlights of last March madness, even though it was sad um, and just getting myself way overly excited. I wrote down, I already have a preview ready for whenever we want to put that into the world. So I'm, uh, I'm stoked. College basketball's back, even though it's not. Hey, I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I'm good. So I have all the favorite transfers. I can't wait to watch. I have all of the <laughs> storylines. I can't wait to watch play out. This is, I say it every year. This is going to, this might be the best college basketball year yet. We'll we'll do a preview. We'll get a full on preview. We'll have you talking up. I'll, I'll bring some questions. We'll see what we can get going for us. I'm so mad. What was my shout out? Probably crumble. Let's get ready to crumble. No, let's not crumble. Uh, well, think I... about it. Save it for next week. Yeah. That wraps up this week's episode of the Dual Threat Podcast. Thank you so much for joining. We love you guys. Have a good one. See ya. <laughs>